May the evening, young ones. King Alindawal spoke with a precise, dignified greeting. He stared at them with an odd, stiff expression. Alindawal could see they were suffering the effects of the forest defenses. Greetings, good father, Ejlam said as a title of respect. He had quickly turned around to address the king, almost flinging himself off his own feet. My heart sings with joy that you remain with us, EJ continued his formal greeting, trying not to wobble as he bowed. Roe lightly knocked into his brother as he pushed past him, nodding to the king as a soldier would. He was eager to get them all inside, away from the poisoning air. Your beautiful mother has taught you well, son of Lorien. King Alinduil slowly replied, also bowing ever so slightly. He graciously ignored their silly elbowing of each other. Please enter, he beckoned them into the palace with a graceful hand gesture as he backed out of their way. Once inside, the gates slowly creaked closed behind them. They heard the heavy metal locking bar slide into its place. It latched shut with a loud, echoing clunk as they turned to follow the king into the dim light. Thankfully, the ill effects of the forest outside quickly dissipated as they followed Elinduil deeper into his realm. The thing about elves is you need to suspend your disbelief when it comes to the passage of time. Into the story walks Elinduil, an aged Eldar king who has been isolated for a long time. One might wonder if he only has one oar in the water at this point. You know, two paddles in the canoe, half a bubble off plum, a finger in the light socket. He certainly has Rovash's attention, who is of course always on guard to keep his family safe. Well, we'll just have to see how that goes. I am your author-narrator, Carly Bond, and you have found yourself into the reading of Book One, Tales of Eldalorn. If you're a first-time visitor, I would encourage you to go back and listen to some of the older episodes so that you know the rest of the story. And everybody loves a chance to binge listen now and then, right? With that said, here we go. Chapter 26, The Elven King spiraled to the highest heights, twisting into living architecture for the elves that had once lived there. The palace was dark and desolate, except for bright lights in the opening ahead. They came to a sizable reception hall, where the sovereign spent most all his time. A dark green throne sat at the end of the room, 
It was made up of intricately twisted mossy vines. Large flat bones of extinct animals adorned the top edge of it, giving an air of primordial majesty to the sovereign who would sit there. A great dining table dotted with candles was ready for a celebration. Many colored flowering tendrils flowed across the edges of the room in the dim, eerie light. You have one who needs healing, the king looked at Rovash expectantly with his startling silver-gray eyes. Rose stepped forward and laid Nalan on a quilted bench. Who placed this magic on her? The king asked, looking right at Fiona. It made her hold together. My papa taught me, she said boldly, and then backed down under his cold stare. A wizard's trick, he remarked, glaring as though it was very distasteful. He sighed as he turned his attention to Nolan. We can help this poor little bird, he studied the girl. Hmm, but we cannot. He looked at EJ as if sharing some secret. You are heart-bound. His attention entirely focused on Ejlum. You know, that is how your mother and I met so long ago. It is a gift and a curse, my son. He added as he strangely held EJ's face in both his hands, looking thoroughly into him. You are so like her. He continued to stare almost intimately, lingering a moment too long in his observations. Rovash was starting to feel uneasy, wishing he had not led them to this place. I called you here. Elindewil released Ejlum and looked over at Ro, as if he had read his thoughts. This one, young Nolan, would not survive much longer, and the wizard cannot help you in this, the king said, waving his hand towards the unconscious one on the bench. Looking rather indignant, he knelt down and fully turned his attention to her. Hovering over the small, pale elf girl, he hung listening for something for the longest time. Fiona heard a strange sighing noise as she witnessed the elegant magic of the Edelin. The king breathed some of his own life into her. Within moments, Nolan's eyes opened and she spoke, Aaron Belsevel. Recognizing him, she thanked her king. It is good to see you again. She smiled. Udalananda married. Alinduil whispered near to her face, assuring her that he was always there to help. Nolan slowly sat up, weak and limp. Rovash stepped forward to help steady her by her thin shoulders. Elinduil stood up and quickly brought forth his own golden cup that was sitting near the throne. He held it to her lips. Nolan thirstily drank the sweet honey wine. This will stay you for the moment, he warmly said to Nolan. The king then turned to the others. She is hungry. Go quickly and bring food and clear water. Elinduil kept his eyes on Nolan as he pointed towards a stairwell that led down into the dark. 
Fiona went immediately to the top of the stairs. Tiny lights came to life, leading her down into a lower room. She ran, knowing all too well the starvation that followed hibernation sickness. The larder was full of cheeses, fruits, fresh water, and wine. It all smelled so wonderful, Fiona started to feel hungry herself. But Nolan was the one they focused on. She made up a tiny tray of foods and hurried up the stairs. They all watched as Nolan ate and drank ravenously. When the king felt satisfied that Nolan was going to survive, he released her into their care again. Everyone gathered around as King Alinduil moved to sit down at the grand banquet table. They were all hungry as the stress of the last few days caught up to them. Rovash tried to relax after deciding the odd king was honest in his intentions. Seeing a lack of any servants, Ro and Fiona took turns running down into the larder. Each time they entered, they found different foods of every kind. This time there were hard-boiled eggs, cooked vegetables, pies baked with apples and pumpkins in them, red cherries, bowls of strawberries, sliced melon and dark purple plums. Anything Fiona thought of seemed to be there when she arrived to fill another tray. The next time, the larder was filled with all manner of roasted meats and dense pudding cakes. Nectar, wine, and ale never ran dry. Ro looked at Fiona in wonder at this kind of magic. She just shrugged her shoulders, having not seen this before. King Alinduil seemed to be spending a lot of time focusing on Ejlam and asking a lot of questions. You had been gone from this realm for some time, he said. I wonder what this shiny new life will require of you before it is done. He cocked his head to the side and stared at Ejlam strangely. Or maybe it was sadness. EJ couldn't really tell. The king just smiled. He picked up a ripe purple plum and slowly bit into it. His dark brows and eyelashes accentuated his silvery blonde hair and pale eyes. Suddenly, his handsome face was solemn with a look of concern as he intimately regarded Ejlam once again. Remember me when your clan is in need, my son. I will always hear your call. EJ could only politely say thank you, feeling the king's eyes unnaturally lingering on him again. You called me son of Lorien. Is that my father's name? EJ asked boldly, trying to break the king's stare. Elinduil chuckled as he gave him a nod and he politely turned his attention to something else on his plate. Your mother did not know, the king said. He picked up some bread and busied himself with eating. Nor did I until much later. I suppose your village thought I was your sire. This time, Ejlam nodded. I am sorry they were not kind, Elinduil said. EJ looked up startled. He was going to ask how he knew, but then remembered Roe said he was a seer. Your wisdom has no bounds, father, EJ said softly. 
but this is supposed to be a joyous occasion, the king announced as he stood up and held his goblet high. He entertained them with stories of the days past. Soon all their troubles fell away as the company ate and drank at the sovereign's banquet until they were satisfied. Nolan didn't speak very much. She was so compelled to eat everything she could jam into her face, she stopped only when the king was looking directly at her in an effort to be polite. Twice, Fiona had to pat her frail back to stop her from choking. The light in the upper canopy of the palace glowed golden as the night turned into the next day. Our celebration is complete for now. King Alindua looked over at Ejlam and graciously nodded in an elegant bow as he signaled the end of their time together. Thank you all, King Elinduil placed his hand on his heart and bowed his head sadly, for gracing my halls this Yavani Elenia celebration. It truly was starlight and memory. The king turned, and they all stood up politely, wondering what was to come next. They watched as he walked the distance to his throne. He sat down gracefully, smiling wistfully at the last of Thendil's clan as his beautiful form sloughed away and crumbled to dust over the dry, brittle, unmoving bones that sat there. The four companions stood in shock for a moment. Ejlam found his senses quickly and stepped forward to bow a formal farewell. Your enchantment here is well received, Father. We thank you for your mercies, he spoke as if addressing Alinduil alive. After smiling one of his blissful smiles for the sovereign, he turned to go, and the others followed in silence. They marched out the front gate and found themselves instantly what would be twenty leagues away in the northern edge of the Autumnwood forest. They were looking at the open green fields and the road home. That was strange, Fiona said to EJ. Yes, it was, but this kind of magic is not so impossible for elves, especially an Eldar such as this King Elinduil. Maybe there is some other reason, but he was there for us to save Nalin. The power and grace of Ilmatar flows through him and all around us. EJ swirled his hands around in front of Fiona's face, illustrating his point. God's never ending. She let out a gasp and swiped at him. Exactly. EJ poked at Fiona. Before she could say anything more, he stole a kiss from her parted lips and turned and ran. Rovash was busy boosting Nolan up on his pack to ride on his shoulders as his brother and Fiona streaked past, howling and laughing. Nolan was thin and frail, but she was alive. Rovash moved out at a fast pace to catch up with the others, 
He was happy to be heading back home. Well, that was quite the banquet. I wonder if it really happened or if it was just another kind of magic. Ooh, my stomach does not want to think about that. Elinduil also shot them out the door 60 miles north of their location. And this all happened after he dissolved into a pile of bones. 60 miles is around 96 kilometers. That is some fantastic magic going on right there. And our friends are almost giddy. Uh, maybe it's because they escaped the palace of the king or the Atamwood forest, or maybe there was something in that food. Could be they're just happy to go home. I think it's time to regroup, don't you? Elvish lesson of the day. So, there's some conversation going on in Elvish in this episode. Erin Velsevel literally means, You are generous, my sovereign. There's some backstory we'll find out about later. Nolan seems to know King Elendil because he answers, Odalen and the Myriad. I am here to protect you. Hmm, sounds pretty close and personal to me. I can't wait to find out what is really going on here. Till next time, bye-bye. This is Carly Bond signing out.